Hey guys, it's Leah B from Prestige Veteran Medical Consulting. I am a U.S. Army veteran, former compensation and pension examiner, and physician assistant. So today I wanted to come on and discuss what happens in a compensation pension exam for hip pain. So this series has been kind of exciting, I think, for a lot of veterans. I've gotten a lot of really great positive feedback because a lot of people go to CMP exams and they really don't know what to expect. And it's actually pretty straightforward. And if you can kind of understand what to expect and where you can find some of the information that they might be asking you questions about, you can kind of have a less anxious experience, hopefully, when you're going to those exams. So before we jump into that, let's talk about hip pain in general and how that can be service connected. It can be service connected from a primary or secondary standpoint. So from a primary standpoint, maybe you injured your hip on active duty. It was documented on active duty. Perhaps it wasn't documented on active duty, but after 100 parachuting jumps, you you know really banged up your hip a lot. Maybe you've got some buddy letters that... Um, talk about witnessing you complain about hip pain over the years and that you just didn't want to go get seen by the doctor or whatever. That happens a lot. Um, just some of the mechanics of whatever your MOS was, if you had a combat arms MOS, if you're infantry, you know, you're a calf scout or whatever. Some of those things we talk about in the MOS smart book. I've done a video on the MOS smart book. So you guys should take a peek at that because it can talk, talk about some of those um, just repetitive duties that were, are required in those different um, skill levels, you know, skill level one, two, three, et cetera, whatever your rank was. Okay. So, and from a secondary standpoint, you can have hip pain that's related to other service connected conditions. Maybe you're service connected for your left hip pain, your left hip, and then your right hip um, worsens as it's compensating for the left hip. Um, similarly, if you've got, you know, knee pain due to the kinetic chain theory, which we've talked about before, that can also throw off your uh, posture and stance and, and how you carry weight and things like that. Maybe you've just gained a ton of weight related to some other disabilities, and that can also put more wear and tear on the joints, okay? So you can be connected from a primary or secondary service connection standpoint. So when you file a claim for VA disability, you either do that on your own through va.gov, used to be e-benefits, people filed a lot of claims on, but um, you file your claim, you can either do it by yourself or with the assistance of accredited legal representative, like an accredited claims agent or a VSO or an attorney. Um, they can help you with your appeals or filing new claims for your VA disability, depending on who you're working with. Um, and then you're going to get a packet in the mail. And the packet in the mail you get is going to say... Um, you're going to have an exam at this location at this time with this contract examiner. It may be with a contracted company. It may be with the VA itself. I think they're trying to outsource a lot of those. Um, but I think there are still some people getting exams done at the actual VA. It will tell you the type of healthcare professional that is going to be seeing you, whether that's a physician, um, like a medical doctor, or a DO, or it may be a PA, a physician assistant, or a nurse practitioner. Um, so you're going to get you know, how long have they been an examiner? Typically, it'll tell you. Uh, um, and, you know, where that location and time is going to be. So a lot of veterans will will look up who the examiner is and look at reviews and things like that. I don't know how helpful that is or isn't, but that's something I see veterans do a lot. 
You're going to show up to the exam and the day of the exam, you're going to be asked to get in the exam room and they're going to go over something called a disability benefit questionnaire. Now, the examiner, depending on what they're being asked for, if they're being asked for a medical opinion, like if this is a new claim, they, they should have your claims file and it should be dog-eared with the important um, relevant contents. Um, that may or may not always be the case. If it's just for an increase of the hip pain, they may just be wanting them to fill out a DBQ. Um, either way, they're going to fill out a DBQ. It just depends on if, if this is just an increase, they may not give them your entire claims file because they're just wanting to see what your current severity level is. Okay. So I'm going to swap my camera over and show you guys the disability benefit questionnaire. Um, so hang on. Okie dokie. So disability benefit questionnaire, this can be found on va.gov and you guys can go look these up. And this is what your examiner is going to go through when they're doing your exam. Okay. Um, it's not a surprise. It's not a secret. This is what they fill out. They fill this out and it corresponds to the rating percentages that the rater needs to look at to assign your rating. Okay. Um, and that's all ties back to the 38 Code of Federal Regulations. So this report, it's a bunch of check blocks. It's a bunch of data that all goes into what that rater is going to, if it's approved, what they're going to assign your percentage as. Okay. So on the first page, it's just asking like who you are, who's who's the veteran, the date of the exam, um, you know, who who is the person filling it out? Because you can get your private doctor to fill this out as well. Was the veteran examined in person? I would hope so, because there's a lot of range of motion being done in this. Um, what what evidence was reviewed? Okay. Do they have your claims file? Do they have your VA medical records, outpatient records, et cetera? Then they're going to ask, what is the diagnosis? You can have several diagnoses. Um, let me see if I can blow this up just a little bit for you guys. Okay. Yeah, that's probably better. What are the diagnosis? Like, do you have hip osteoarthritis? Do you, do you have a hip joint replacement? What side, both sides? Um, what is the ICD code? I don't want to get in the weeds, but that is like basically a code that's assigned. That's not a VA code. That is a code that's assigned in the medical community for a specific condition. What is the date of diagnosis? Whether it's trochanteric pain syndrome or trochanteric bursitis, I see that one a lot. FAI or familiar, uh, femoral acetabular impingement syndrome. I actually just did a video on this um, that I think is really helpful because I see a ton of veterans with FAI. Um, and then just different conditions, iliopsoas tendonitis, stress fractures, avascular necrosis, I don't want to get into every single one of these because this is more the point of this is just discuss what happens at a hip exam. So if you have any of these conditions or maybe multiple, you're going to show up to the exam. They're going to annotate and check which conditions relate to you, which side it is, and when it was diagnosed. Okay. Um, then it's going to ask the medical history, describe the history, including the onset, when, you know, basically when did it start? The, the examiner should be asking you a lot of these questions. Do they report flare-ups? Um, include And then they're asked to, if it's yes, in, in, um, include the frequency, duration, characteristics, what makes it better, what makes it worse, et cetera. Um, do, they, do you report any functional loss or functional impairment of the joint or extremity being evaluated, um, inclu including but not limited to repeated use over time. And then they want to describe what is your functional loss. Then they're going to do range of motion. 
Okay, we've done another video on range of motion. So if you're curious as to how range of motion is measured, it's usually done with a goniometer. It should be. That's a that's a tool, a measuring tool. Um, I don't have that. I don't have my goniometer on me right now, but go, you know, Google goniometer and you're going to see it's just like a, a measuring tool that can look at range of motion. I have a great short video on that as well. If you want to check it out, I think it's super valuable. Um, so it's going to look at your initial range of motion. Um, does the range of motion contribute to functional loss? So then it's going to make them measure like your flexion, extension, abduction, adduction, external and internal rotation. Um, if you're curious as to what each an individual one of those are, you can, there's a lot of good videos on YouTube about what is abduction of the hip? What is adduction? So it's just basic, like, I think everybody knows what a flexion and extension are, um, so flexion would be making the angle shorter or smaller, um, and then extension would be extending something out, okay? Um, more on range of motion. Then they talk about passive range of motion, which is where they're moving the joint for you versus you moving it yourself. Um, does it limit you from crossing your legs? Is there evidence of pain on weight-bearing, active motion, non-weight-bearing, passive motion? Um, then there is functional limitation continued. So crepitus, do you have crepitus um, in your joint or some crackling? Do you have, um, they, they wanna do it three times. They should be measuring each um, flexion, extension, abduction, abduction, all those external rotation, et cetera, three times and measuring them all of those times. Um, they talk about repeated use over time. Are you examined after repeated use? Um, let's see. Repeated use over time. Is it, they're, they're asked to estimate your motion degrees for the joint immediately after repeated use based on information that they see in the exam or lay statements from you? Like, does it get worse over time after repeated use, essentially? Um, then, then it asks about flare-ups and they ask to do an estimation of flare-ups um, to include your statements about how it can get worse um, over time or intermittently. Is it worse sometimes rather than others? Other contributing factors, is it worse with walking? Is it worse with standing? Is it, um, do you get swelling? Um, do you have weakness with movement or instability? Do you have muscle atrophy? Is there, is there muscle atrophy maybe in your thigh because you just can't use it as much or you're having some nerve dysfunction there, right? Um, do you have some immobility or ankylosis, right? Do you have, a flail hip joint. So not everybody's going to have this. So this may not be filled out for you. Um, have you had surgery? If you have not had surgery, they're probably not going to fill this out or they're going to check no surgery. If you did, they're going to annotate when it was and what type of surgery it was. Um, then they're going to talk about any other physical findings that were not related, um, discussed above, they're going to discuss assistive devices. You got to use a brace, crutches, a cane, a walker, a wheelchair, um, then it asks if your condition is so bad, would you be equally served if you had an amputation with prosthesis? 
and diagnostic testing? Were there any imaging done? Like, have you had an MRI or anything like this? Is there post-traumatic arthritis documented that can be seen sometimes in imaging? Um, and then we talk about functional impact. So regardless of the veteran's current employment status, did the conditions or the diagnosis in the diagnosis um, section uh, impair your ability to work? or carry out occupational tasks and how. Um, then any additional remarks, and then the examiner is gonna endorse it and sign it. Okay, that was a total mouthful. Let me um, get back to the stop screen share. Okay, so you guys can pull that off of va.gov. So the most important thing to know about the hip exam is that there's just a ton of range of motion and questions about you know, does it get worse with repeated use over time? Uh, are you using any assistive devices like canes, etc.? So it would behoove you to maybe look at that, that DBQ before you go so you can get an understanding. They actually usually send it to you in the mail to a copy of it when you get your packet. So I hope this was helpful. Go check out that goniometry video. Go check out my femoral acetabular impingement video. Uh, FAI, femoral acetabular impingement video. If you have that, that might be also helpful. And thanks for watching and I will chat with you guys soon.